This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Oh, I'm very excited about today's Science with Simi because I love this topic. It's all about mechanical engineering and technology meeting sports. We know the women's soccer teams from the United States and the Netherlands will meet on Sunday in the Women's World Cup final. Very big deal. But have you ever thought about the ball? You know, the one that they're kicking around that is so important to the game. How is it designed? How do you make sure it's the perfect shape, the perfect weight, the perfect size, that it has the right aerodynamics? Players want to be able to work with this ball. They want to know. They want to be able to predict how it's going to move every time they touch it, every time they kick it. And it turns out there's a lot that needs to be taken into account to make all of those things happen. So just before we came on air this morning, I had a chance to speak with Professor Annette Hosoy. She's a mechanical engineer at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. She runs the sports lab that they have there. And here's our conversation. Professor Hosoy, thank you so much for joining us to talk about this today. First of all, what kind of work do you do at the sports lab? Um, So we are interested in anything that has to do with um, problems that appear at the intersection of sports and engineering, sports and technology, or sports and data. Um, So one of the things that I think is really exciting is that a lot of sports now are collecting data that they've never had before, like in soccer, tracking players, tracking the ball, um, and understanding the patterns that appear in all different kinds of games. Right. It used to be that you just kicked a ball around or hit a ball with a bat or, you know, that kind of stuff. But we've clearly have taken it way beyond that, haven't we? Yeah, exactly. And this is this is appearing more and more across sports. So there are data analytic techniques that are being applied, um, you know, in finance, in manufacturing, in pharmaceuticals, in all different kinds of fields that are now being ported over to sports because a lot of that, uh, you know, just the tracking data and the box score data is available in ways that it's never been available before. Okay, right. So we're talking about soccer today because of the Women's World Cup, which is soon to wrap up, yep. uh, some big matches coming up. How much engineering can we put into something like soccer? Like how critical is the ball? The ball has an incredible amount of engineering that goes into this. Um, so Adidas uh, replaces or re- redesigns the soccer ball every four years with the Men's World Cup. Um, and even like small changes that they make to the roughness or to the seams or to the paneling um, can change the behavior of the ball. Really? Like what? In what ways? So the ball moves through, um, so the ball is moving through air, obviously, mm-hmm. and, um, and as the ball, uh, is, um, as the ball travels through air or as it spins, it changes the flow of the air around the ball, and that change in the flow of the air changes the trajectory. So when you see these amazing goal kicks where the ball will may- maybe suddenly curve at the last minute or, or you know, or take a dive, um, that's because the spin of the ball and the seams are interacting with the air around it, which uh, pushes the balls in unpredictable directions. Is there any way, though, for a player to adjust their play based on the type of ball? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, well, I guess it, I guess it depends on how much time they have to, to right. work with the ball. Um, you know, if the, if you just hand a player a new ball, it's going to take them a while to get used to it. But, but players at that level, I think can absolutely tell the difference between if, when you make a change to the ball. Um, and they, uh, you know, if you've been working with one type of ball or practicing with one type of ball for a year, for two years, um, um, you're going to, your playing style is going to be 
adapted to that style of ball. Right. Why do we do this then? Do we do it to make the game harder, more challenging? Like, why do we do this? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, so the honest answer is I don't know. <laughs> but, but <laughs> I mean, um, but I will say that I will say that Adidas has been steadily, um, you, you know, I think Adidas works closely with players, with coaches, with organizations um, to make changes that make the game um, uh, more uh, interesting, more exciting. Um, and, you know, I think, again, it's it's not only being done in soccer because small changes, like, for example, changing the stitching on a baseball um, can dramatically change, say, the number of home runs. Or in soccer, it could dramatically change, um, you you know, the way the ball curves in the air. Um, So I think there's a really interesting game design problem that's hidden in the physics of the ball. Um, And I think we are now starting to get um, sort of the tools that we need to make those fine-scale changes to adapt the game to make it more, more interesting to the fans, more interesting to the athletes, um, and more interesting to just everybody, everybody in general who's engaged in the game. Right. You called it kind of game problems. What kind of problems do you think yeah. can, can arise from that? Yeah. So I, I think one of the challenges is that you have to think of, about um, uh, like uh, unforeseen consequences. Um, so, for example, you might think, oh, uh, uh, again, uh, let me use the baseball analogy. You might say, oh, it would be, <clears throat> it would be interesting if pitchers could pitch faster. Um, but the consequence of that is if you allow the ball to go faster in the pitch, then it's also going faster on the hit. So that may result in more home runs, right, rather right. than giving an advantage to the pitcher, right? So every time, every time you tweak the ball, it has an impact on all aspects of the game. And so you have to start to quantify how is it affecting this piece? How is it affecting this piece? Um, and if I put all of those pieces together, what is the global outcome of the changes that I've made? Do we run the risk sometimes, though, of too much technology in these games? Because in the end, people are watching for a little fun, a little excitement. This seems to be putting a lot of science into this. Yeah, so this is this is a great question. Um, so you know, sports um, they're exciting for there's sort of two things that are in balance when when you're watching a really exciting sport. And on the one hand, you want um, people who are really skilled at the game to be rewarded, right? You want mm-hmm. you want the skilled players to rise to the top, right? Because that's that's one of the reasons we watch sports is that we we have this admiration for people who can perform at that level. Um, on the other hand, you want a little bit of uncertainty, right? If every game you already knew the outcome, then it would be pointless right. to watch. So there's this balance between rewarding these really highly skilled players um, and yet still having enough of an element of chance in the game that you can't predict the outcome, right? And so by tweaking things like the ball, by tweaking things like the strategy, by tweaking things like the rules, you can try to hit that that sweet spot um, to make the game sort of... I would say maybe optimally designed. And so optimally designed does not mean um, everything is predictable. Optimally designed means let's put it in that, in that spot um, where it is most interesting um, to the fans. Is it possible to have a level playing field then when you're talking about that many tweaks and changes? Yeah, I think so. I, you know, I think you have to be a little bit careful in the way you do the tweaks, right? So, yeah. so you don't want to do the tweaks in such a way that, uh, you know, only people with the most amount of money can take advantage of them, right? right? So you want to, you want to, you want to tweak the game and the rules in such a way that everybody can participate. 
Yeah, I was thinking about the Olympics and the controversy mm-hmm. over some uh-huh. countries, the swimwear design. You know what I mean? Like some countries had this yeah. super high-tech swimwear, other countries didn't. And was that giving them an advantage? Uh, that we, we fall into kind of dangerous territory with that sometimes. Absolutely, we do. Yeah, absolutely, we do. And I think that's, that's actually part of the part of that equation in thinking about how do you make the, the game most interesting and most fair? Because I think, you know, I, I, again, I think people are less interested in watching something where I'm just looking to see who has the most expensive swimsuit. Yeah, that's not an interesting competition. <laughs> right? right. So what you want to do is again, you want to sort of design the rules to make this interesting to the spectators. So is that something that you keep in mind the work that you do at the sports lab? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, I I think that, um, again, sports are in this such an interesting space where, um, you know, we're not trying to perfect the outcome of the game so everything is completely predictable, right? We're trying to make this an interesting and fun pastime. So if there were a World Cup where a lot of goals got scored, would the next World Cup, do you think that everybody would be like, all right, we got to make some adjustments to the ball. We had too many goals scored in that World Cup. Yeah, so I, you know, I'm not the one who makes those decisions, but I would suspect yes. <laughs> you know, and and again, it also depends on the sport, right? There are different um, uh, organizing bodies that have um, that are more conservative and less conservative, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think if we are if we are used to a certain number of goals in in soccer, um, you don't want to suddenly change that. Right. And yet they probably could. They, With the ability, with what you do at the sports lab, with the adjustments, there are ways to tweak the game enough where you could all of a sudden have some high scoring games. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say you would have to, you, in soccer, you'd probably have to tweak the rules pretty dramatically. But um, but yeah, I think you could certainly do that. So your work, or, or, okay, here's another thing okay. you could do. You could make the goal, you could double the size of the goal. <laughs> there, <laughs> now you would get a lot of goals. <laughs> the work that you do is fascinating. You must never have a boring day at work. Oh, it's fa- it's fantastic. I am one of the luckiest people alive. <laughs> uh, well, you know what? We don't often hear that. So thank you so much for joining us today. <laughs> Thanks for calling. That is Professor Annette Hosoy. She's a mechanical engineer in the sports lab at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology.